Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I started this podcast because whenever I saw content for single women, it was about dating, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I know that we deserve more than that. So I created this podcast to change the way being single is seen, discussed, and felt. And I'm so happy to have you here with me. I hope you'll also consider joining the Facebook group for this podcast. It's become a really supportive community full of people sharing stories and encouraging one another and actually meeting up in real life too. There are three main ways that you can support this podcast. The first is simply share it, share it with someone who needs to hear it, share it with your family, share it with your friends, anybody who could use a change in perspective when it comes to being single. The second way is you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it's a huge deal that really helps podcasters, um, get more visibility and continue to do their work. And then the third way is you can become a patron of mine on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that helps independent creators earn money for creating the work that people enjoy. So there are multiple tiers that you can join, but my favorite one is a $5 tier that comes with an extra bonus episode of this podcast every single month. So there will be a link to it below. Check it out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Is it just me or is October going by way too fast. Do you remember how March lasted for like three years? This is unfair. I want October to be two months in length. And I take personal offense that my favorite time of year is flying by. By the time you read this, it will be the 19th of October, which is far too many days gone. Um, But you know what? I'm dealing with it. It's fine. Um, My house is completely decked out in high Halloween season fashion. And that makes me happy every time I look around my home, Uh, which is good because that's really the only place that I can be. So uh, welcome to a single serving podcast. If this is your first episode, I'm so happy to have you. If it is not, I am also happy to have you. Um, I have a fantastic guest for you this morning, one who has been on the podcast before. Her name is Sarah Bacon. I spoke with her originally in August of 2019. And she is back in October of 2020. Because um, there are certain things that interest me in life. Things like, well, Halloween for one, but also things like astrology and spirituality. And Sarah is here to talk about another one of those things. She is going to talk about human design. Whether or not you've heard of human design before, this is a fascinating conversation. And um, I'm going to let her explain it because she's far better at it than me. She does this for a living. So that's why I'm going to let her lead that discussion. But I will tell you that I have found um, great information in human design. I found a lot of like sort of relaxing into who I am and how I am as a result of digging into my human design and having readings and stuff like that. Um, But Sarah is uh, far more eloquent at discussing this stuff than I am. So I will let her explain what we're talking about when we talk about human design. I think you guys are really going to be interested in this. Um, We also get into why specifically it is beneficial to the single audience as well. It's a really cool conversation and I hope you dig it. Before I get into that though, I have kind of a cool announcement and I'm including this in the recording for this podcast episode because if it's here, that means I won't back out. That means I have to do this now that it's included in the podcast. On Monday, October 19th, so I'm recording this to you on the, what is today? The 16th, the Friday, and this will go live on Monday, the 19th. And also on Monday, the 19th, I am launching my first publication, guys. I have one now. I'm doing a thing. And that thing is a digital publication of content and it's called Atta Girl. And the reason Atta Girl 
exists is because I don't know if you've experienced this, but I certainly have right around my, I would say mid thirties. Now I'm 38, more in my late thirties. Um, I noticed that all of the content and certainly marketing, things like that, but all of the content created for people in my age bracket was losing its element of fun. It was becoming about more, what do I want to say? Preservative measures, things like just, you know, all the beauty content pertains to anti-aging, all of the fashion content suddenly became like age appropriate or something, something weird like that. It was just, it felt like I was aging out of the internet and all of the fun content that was created for people in my stage of life, it assumed that I was a mom or it assumed that I was partnered and I'm neither of those things. So where is the fun content for me? And I felt that that was really missing. I want to be able to, you know, explore fun stuff like, um, books, music, movies, beauty, fashion, um, just cool shit. I want to be able to dig into cool shit and not feel like I'm old. And I have felt a very distinct reaction to internet content. It seems like I keep progressing through my life, which is very natural, by the way. That's what happens. You have birthdays. Um, But I felt like the internet wasn't following along with me. So I wanted to create a space where if you're in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, this is content for you that will hopefully be fun, will hopefully make you feel good when you go on the internet. And it's really hard to feel good when you go on the internet for a multitude of reasons, not just this one. But I want it to be a fun, exciting, creative place for people who feel like the internet is ignoring them. And the publication is called Add a Girl. It is based on Medium. Medium is a place that I write. If you're a listener of this podcast, it's likely that you have also read some of my work on Medium. I hope that you have. If you have, thank you. Um, Medium is one of my favorite internet inventions of all time. It is essentially a blank page that allows writers to write whatever they want, whenever they want, without needing anyone's permission. You don't have to wait for an editor to say yes to you. You don't have to pitch stories. You can just be inspired and go on Medium and create whatever you want. So Add a Girl is a publication that lives within Medium. And if you are a writer on Medium, I would love to have you contribute content to Add a Girl. There's going to be so much information online, and I will link to in the show notes if you're interested. But essentially, if you are a writer who wants to write this kind of content, you can. And if you're a reader who wants to read this kind of content, you can. And so I wanted to create something that was filling in the space that I saw online. It was filling in that fun, creative, uplifting, nostalgic, even content for people, you know, around my age and even older that don't see themselves in the content on the internet that they used to. Um, I found a lot of like, it was really irritating to me because I was, I remember being a teenager before the internet and after. It's a very unique generation to be a part of. Like we were the first people to put content into the internet. And now it's like betraying me. Are you kidding? No, there should be really fun content for women over, I don't know, 25 that doesn't imply that you should be focused on motherhood or imply that you should be focused on partnership or imply that you should be focused on trying not to get so much as a wrinkle because then you're over. Like what? No, that doesn't feel good to me. 
I want to create content that feels good. So that's what Atta Girl is about. Plenty of information linked below. I am so excited about it. I get into it a bit with Sarah too, because doing something like this is actually a part of my human design. It's fascinating. This, All of this is so fascinating. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. It was so much fun to talk to Sarah again, just in general, but also to get into this stuff, which I think you will find so interesting. I certainly do. Um, so plenty of information about Adagirl in the show notes below. I hope you read it. I hope you write for us. Um, it's it's going to be a really fun time. And I'm really proud of myself for seeing something missing and then creating the thing that was missing. I think this all the time about so many things, and it's just really nice to um, to put action behind intention. You are also listening to a podcast that is <laughs> filling in a space that I saw um, in in content for single people. And so this has seemed to work out. I don't know, you guys tell me. So I wanted to give a publication a try as well, because I am first and foremost a writer. Not that I don't love being a podcaster. This is very much my shit as well. But um, I wanted to write as well in a way that made me feel really happy and um, creative and productive. And I wanted to take other people along for the ride with me. So I hope you will consider becoming a writer for Girl. Links to how to do that below. Um, what else do I want to tell you? Lots of new members in the Facebook group. Welcome to all of you. If you are not in the Facebook group already, you are welcome to join. Um, you can also follow this podcast on Instagram. If Facebook is not your thing, I totally get that. Um, this podcast has a Twitter, but I don't really use it. It was more about just claiming the name so no one else could grab it, if I'm totally honest with you. Um, so join the Facebook group, follow along on Instagram. There are so many episodes of this podcast that you can listen to if this is your first time listening to the podcast. Um, There is a catalog of absolutely brilliant guests who were so kind to share their wisdom and insight with me on this podcast. I hope you enjoy all of those episodes as well. And um, lastly, I will thank, as I always do, my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast. Uh, Podcasting is a lot of work and I choose to do this. I don't get paid to do it. There are no ads on the podcast right now. So for those of you who are um, supporting the content you consume, you have my endless thanks and um, yeah, you're the best. This month for October, our group Zoom, which is a Patreon tier that you can sign up for if you'd like to join us. The group Zoom is happening on Saturday, October 24th. And let me confirm the time because if I tell you the wrong one on the podcast and I have to start this recording all over again, I'm going to cry. So the group Zoom for October is on Saturday, October 24th at 12 p.m. EST. And if you can't make it, or if your time zone does not make that convenient, it will be available as a video after it's over. I upload it right afterwards. so You can watch it whenever you want. Um, this month's topics, oh, I've got some really good stuff that I want to discuss. I actually have too much to discuss because it's only an hour long. And the intention of our group Zooms is to do reframing work about things that directly affect our single lives how can we take in information or emotion or experiences that we're having and reframe them to feel better about them? That's essentially what we do for an hour in the, in the zoom together. Um, so I had a special request come through to discuss, and it's appropriate for this week when I'm launching at girl, um, to reframe aging. So that's definitely going to be on the docket for October. Um, I also have, I have so many things that I want to talk about in the group zooms. There's so many things to reframe. I think we've all been taking in a lot of information about singlehood that hasn't always been on point. Um, you know that if you're listening to this podcast, if you found this, I have a feeling, uh, you're on our team and you get it. So the group zooms are a great opportunity to reframe some things. So we will get into aging 
on Saturday, October 24th at 12 p.m. If you would like to join us, you can sign up for my Patreon. There is a link to it in the show notes below. Um, there's also a link to it via my Instagram bio. It's actually pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and start this discussion with Sarah Bacon, who is kind enough to join me again. I love welcoming back recurring guests and friends of the podcast. That makes me really happy. So I hope you enjoy this discussion with Sarah all about human design. So that's actually a really good question. Like, is there a stealth way to ask someone for their birth time or to ask your own parent for your birth time? I feel like everyone thinks we're up to some witchy shit when we get into that. Which I don't mind, but maybe if we could offer some some tools to the average listener. That would be really helpful because it is such a varied mix of how people respond to asking for that or to being asked that. And I actually am surprised my mom didn't like second guess me when I asked what my exact birth time was, whereas I had another friend whose mom burst into tears and was like, oh my gosh, what is this is like witchcraft, blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you looking into? And I was like, oh no, she thinks that because she knew it was me that was asking for it from her. And I was like, she thinks that I'm a witch, which is totally fine. But I promise that I am up to only good things. But yeah, I've had friends ask guys that they were even just starting to date. I, I don't know. I've just, I've seen their screenshots of text and it's straight up just what time were you born? So I, I don't really have any good advice. Just ask for the birth times. <laughs> My advice is take this bull by the horns and get a copy of your own birth certificate. That's what I have. I've, I'm not dicking around at all. I have my original birth certificate in my possession. Highly recommend that if you can't get the original, get a copy of your own fucking birth certificate for a variety of reasons. Maybe That's not so just smart. for Yeah, we need design. to stop talking to our parents. Yeah. yeah about like we're almost 40. Get your fucking birth mm-hmm. certificate. Like this yeah, is. Yeah, you can this know this thing. yourself. Um, If you see smoke, by the way, it's incense. My home is not on fire. Just letting you know. I love it. It really adds to the October vibe that you're putting out. Doesn't it? I mean, I burn this all the time, but oh, it really does create an overall ambiance that I'm quite, I'm quite pleased with. I can't get a good picture of the like smoke effect with all of my fake skeletons. I'm still working Mm. on setting up the right (laughs) shot. Anyway, um, you are Sarah Bacon. You are a friend of the podcast, former guest, now two-time guest, which is a very, very exclusive club. I think you're the third person to ever do it. Um, So tell everyone, tell everybody who you are, but also like, tell me, (laughs) what have you been up to since the first time we recorded a podcast together? Yes. So as you said, I'm Sarah Bacon. I am 35 years old. I'm happily single and I live in Southern California, Newport Beach. And it is actually currently not fall weather here. It's probably 80 degrees this whole week. So I am not in the full Halloween vibe yet, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so since the last time we chatted, um, nothing has changed about my relationship status or my thoughts on it which is great. But I would say that this last year or so has been kind of like a really big awakening time for me and just really stepping even more fully into this like, dream life that I'm building for myself and living. And I say this with as much sensitivity as possible to know that this year has been a shit show for so many and it has been really hard, but I personally have had so much good come out of it and have been so lucky in so many ways that I know not everybody has, but Um, just even in terms of work and getting to work from home. And in that time of kind of 
digging even deeper to the things that I've been loving to do and investigating and learning more about them, which we'll obviously get into that being human design and kind of going through training on how to do human design readings for other people, because it was something I was just so fascinated with in my own life. Um, so yeah, so I'd say like in the last year, I'm still doing some freelance stuff and kind of piecing certain things together, but I've built a business with my best friend, which she even kind of stepped out of, um, about how to help people live their most high definition lives. And so for me, my component to that is the human design aspect. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild year, but I've been really enjoying myself in a lot of ways too, to the best of my ability. (laughs) I'm happy to hear that. And I don't think we need to apologize for being okay this year. I think it's okay if we're okay. It's okay if we're not okay. This year is a doozy and whatever whatever you're doing or living through, you're right, no matter, no matter what's happening at the moment. Um, so human design is not new to me because I am a Lacey Phillips person for yes. lack of a better way to describe that. <laughs> um, so I was introduced to human design about a year ago and Initially, I was like, oh, is this another Enneagram thing? Because I didn't vibe with that at all. It just, I really wasn't, I thought that the Enneagram left too much up to like my own input and information. And I was like, I don't trust myself. Don't make me do that. Like, can we do something else? So when I found out that human design was also based on birth chart and time of birth, place of birth, stuff like that, um, I felt a lot better about it because I trust that shit more than I trust me. The fascination for human design for me is there. And even in just dipping a toe in the human design water, I was really sort of intrigued and like it felt it felt like it was something that resonated with me. Where I struggle with human design is in the intricacy because it is not as I mean, obviously astrology's got a shit ton of of intricacy and specificity mm-hmm. that we cannot get in a three-word horoscope in a magazine. And <laughs> and similarly speaking, there's a lot of intricacy to human design. So for those who don't know, I recently got a reading from Sarah and a full human design PDF that I keep rereading and finding new bits of treasure <laughs> in. So let's kick things off by you telling everybody like high level, what is human design? Definitely. Yes. So human design is technically this it's called the science of differentiation or it's the study of our energetic blueprints which more simply described is a system that shows each of us that we have our own unique design and purpose to fulfill while we're here on earth and human design is just a tool that at its best should help you learn to live more fully as yourself so on a more practical and detailed level it It gives us information on how we're best wired to exchange energy with the world around us. Um, There's five main types and three of those are energy beings and two are non-energy beings. So you either produce more energy in the world or you help tweak or make it better technically. Um, But it also shows us how we best make decisions, um, how opportunities will best present themselves to us, our style of learning and gaining wisdom, and then the unique inherent gifts that we came into this life with that are here to help us live out our purpose essentially. And so, and like you said, all of this is determined from our birth time. So it's not a personality quiz or um, anything like that. Um, And it's actually a science that combines, it's a system that combines astrology. It's the chakra system, um, 
wisdom from Kabbalah and the I Ching, and then it also uses quantum physics. So while it is woo-woo as shit in some ways, it technically is a science and there's a lot of backing to that that we probably won't go into. But I'd say that, yeah, at its best, it's just supposed to help give affirmation to who we are and how we were wired to be and to help us more fully live into that. You said something really interesting to me during my reading, and that was that the origins of human design are for parents Mm -hmm. who want to know more about their kids, which I Mm -hmm. find absolutely fucking fascinating because how Mm -hmm. cool would it be? Like, now that's a baby gift. That's a baby gift. My friend, my best friend had a baby a couple of days ago. And like, I mean, Mm -hmm. instantly I was like, I asked the dad, what time? Just tell me what time. I had full I charts pulled in the first 30 minutes of this kid's life. Like I was this ready is 2020 to go. for, yeah. Right. Hashtag 2020. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. That's like, I think of when any of my friends' kids are born, I'm like, the second question I want to ask them is like, besides how was the birth was what time were they born? So I can look up their human design and I, yeah. So like you said, it was originally created for parents um, because you do know your design at the moment of your birth, if you have your exact birth time. Um, The idea being that we are these unique beings that come into this life and we're all wired so differently. Like if anyone has siblings raised in the same household and you know that you could be one completely different way than your brother or sister, and even if you were raised in the same environment. And so parents, God bless them, are doing the best they can to raise us given the wisdom that they had that was passed down to them or that they're being told. And many times they don't even stop to like ask or honor the the unique or individuality of the child. And so human design gives kind of like this blueprint or this, um, like a guide almost to not raising your child, but it just helps give ideas as to how they might best, um, learn things or, interact with others or how do you need to encourage them to, to try things or fail or whatever it might be um, based off their, their design. So it's, that is the dream is that parents would use this as they're raising up this, these next generations. But I also think it's, as we know, it can be incredibly beneficial to people our age or at any stage of life. Um, it's just recognizing that at this point we have a lot of conditioning that's been placed on us. So we might have more work to do to like peel that away. Um, whereas if you get a start as a child, you have, you have a leg up. (laughs) What I find really fascinating and we will get into mine to some degree, but I found it really amazing that like, I didn't discover human design until I had actually started living mine. That's Mm -hmm. bizarre to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. great mazel whenever I figure this shit out, the better, but like it, it was just kind of Mm -hmm. insane to read it and to acknowledge that I hadn't for so much of my adulthood had not been living my design. And now that I am, Mm Well, no wonder things are better. No wonder I'm happier. Yeah. No wonder like I'm I'm digging being alive more than I used to. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many reasons for that. Um, uh-huh. What? So you haven't always done this professionally. Mm-hmm. What drew you to human design? So I'm pretty sure that we both heard about it maybe for the first time through Lacey's podcast and Jenna Zoe. And so I just noticed that I was the first time I heard about it, I was like, I have to know which type I was when they described the, the five different types. And so that's when I texted my mom for my birth time, got my, my type and reading that resonated so deeply with me that similar to where I, I love personality things and typing things and learning more about myself, but ast- astrology has never been a huge thing that has really deeply resonated with me. Enneagram 
I find it interesting. It's not something I live or die by. Whereas I have friends that that is like everything to them. It's helped them so much. Um, I just found myself really drawn to wanting to learn more and more about human design and then specifically about my type um, because it was just so affirming to so many things that I, I feel like I already knew deep down inside about myself. And it gave me this um, affirmation about who I am and permission to be more of that. And so, yeah, I just found myself like the irony is that in true human design fashion, which is like keep following after the things that are lighting you up and that you feel really drawn to. And so I just wanted to consume as much information about it as possible. I was listening to any podcast that human design people were on. I was listening to, or I was, and then, yeah, I decided to go through the training of becoming a reader, um, in quarantine. So that's, that's kind of how I got started. And it's not something that I see myself be wanting to be this like complete expert at. There's so many people out there that have developed, have, um, devoted their whole lives to this. I think another reason why it resonated so deeply with me is because my, like two of my biggest passions are helping people have permission to be more fully themselves and to be freed up to be, to enjoy their lives and to be who they are, um, by following the things that they love and then learning how to listen to that inner voice in you that has this wisdom for your life. And I feel like human design is the scientific backing on helping people do just that. So I think I had this dream of like, I would love to help people, you know, be free to be them and like follow their dreams. And I realized that human design gave me the language and the framework to tangibly do that for other people. So this feels like a component of my life of something that I can help do for others. But yeah, I just love it. I like, I want to do readings for all my friends. I, I love like learning more about it and sharing it um, because I think it can be so helpful for people who maybe you're feeling stuck in their lives or feel like they don't know how to be more themselves or more just have the fullness of this life. I totally feel that. I recommend human design for anybody who just feels fucking stuck and frustrated Mm -hmm. and like unable to just sort of like, if it doesn't feel like you have an understanding of what the hell we're doing here or what the hell you're doing here or what you're supposed to be doing. If you lack like clarity and direction and purpose, there are a lot of ways that you can find it, but I do recommend starting out with human design to understand how you can best interact with the world and how you can like, it's, it's essentially strategies for just like moving through days, weeks, months, years, every situation that you encounter, it just provides you with so much strategy and clarity on how, how to take in information, process information, respond to information, stuff like that. Um, I, I like it for a variety of purposes. I also really, really love that there is no component of this that's future predictive. I'm really not mm-hmm. a big fan of anything mm-hmm. in the like spiritual space or anything like that that is future predictive because I, it just doesn't feel good. It feels like in a way, like setting myself up for disappointment and failure. Maybe those are old memories that I'm memor- that I'm remembering or like drawing back on because there are, I mean, obviously there are certain things that are pretty fucking legit, but for the most part, I'm very, very <laughs> yeah. cautious about future predictive stuff. And I find a lot of that within astrology that I try to stay away from. And I use it more for an understanding of like the present moment and, and personality based mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so that's why I love human design. I don't know mm-hmm. if people listening will know this, but so technically speaking, you can go online and just pull your human design chart for free. There are plenty of resources for that. That's what I did at mm-hmm. first. Um, mm-hmm. And what I noticed rather rapidly after digging into the free resources is that 
you kind of need help to get through this stuff. You kind of need somebody who is well-versed to walk you through the intricacies and the so that you can get the most out of it. It's beneficial to have a full, either a full like PDF walkthrough of your human design, which is my preference. Honestly, I like reading about this stuff in great Mm -hmm. detail, Um, but you can also Mm -hmm. have readings done with a, with a human person such as yourself. But if somebody is just starting out and they want to like find out for themselves, what is my human design? What is human design in general? What are the very basic components that they're going to see as soon as they put in their information online? Yeah. So there's a couple different sites you can go to, which I'm sure you can include the links. It's jovianarchive.com or mybodygraph.com. And you just need your exact birth time. It is very important that you have your exact time. Um, A lot of moms will say like, oh, around 10 AM. And it's like, no mom, I actually do need you to look at the birth certificate. Or like you said, we should just have our own. Um, And then the location of where you were born. And that pulls up your very complex looking chart, which people, I think that's where they turn off sometimes. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I was like, no, absolutely not. There are so many shapes and so many lines. What is happening? What are all these symbols everywhere? What's going on? It is wild to look at. And so, but at the top, it really does give you a decent amount of information about your chart that you can see. So the main thing is your type. Um, It has your authority, which is how you best make decisions. It has your profile, which is the numbers. Um, it has in your type, it tells you, which is your sig, uh, it has like your signature, your not self and your strategy. And, and then, yeah, I mean, in the chart itself is where it has all the, the crazy numbers and gates and colors and things like that. So just knowing though, for free, like just knowing your type and your authority, I always say are the most important things. And there is so much free information out there similar to Enneagram, like if you know your number, you can find Instagram sites that have like so much detail that help for each number. And so I'd say the most populated information out there is about types. Um, but even just knowing that is so helpful. And some people they're like, that's good for me. Like, that's all I need. I just want this high level look at it. And I think that that can still be really helpful and different things are going to different resonate with different people. But even just knowing my type for a while was still like, I could get so much information off of that. And then I just, I wanted to dive. I was just curious and I wanted to dive deeper into what everything meant. And so that's where it does get beneficial. If you like want to dive into your more specific, like gifts and things that you have, or things that you might be more susceptible to conditioning from other people. But yeah, I'd say just the most important things are your type and your authority. And knowing that is, is still going to be like wildly helpful for people. So can you indulge me and tell everyone listening what the types are and a very high level (laughs) explanation of what the hell that means? I mean, we could be here for three days discussing them, but what are they and what is a very beginner's understanding of those types? Yeah, definitely. And I can keep this pretty short. So there's five main types and the beauty of human design is that we all need each other. Like it's a, it's a system of components where it's like when when everyone's doing their job or living into their design, things would flow amazingly. So you have your manifestors, which is a small, smaller percentage of people, and they're the initiators in this world. So they're the ones that make things happen. They ideas come to them and they just go out and do them. They just have to declare, this is what I'm doing. And then people follow suit with what resonates, but they're the kind of ones that set things into motion. Um, They're, they create energy as well. So they're one of the energy beings. Then there's the generators and the manifesting generators. So you and I are both manifesting generators. Um, and those are the 
so the generators are kind of the bulk of <laughs> the population and they're, they also create energy when they're doing the things that they love um, for themselves and for other people and they make things happen. So they're there to respond to things in their environment and see, so the things that the manifestors put in place, like, oh, that looks interesting to me. I want to do that job or I want to create that with them or um, get on board with that. And the manifesting generators are very similar. They just are slightly more, a little quicker in the way that they move and then more multi-passionate. So like an example would be like Gwyneth Paltrow or someone who was an actress and now she's a lifestyle brand and like you hop around a little bit um, and that's very energetically correct for you, which again, that was so affirming to me because sometimes the, the messaging that we can get is like, pick a lane, put your head down, or you're too all over the place, or you need to make a decision. And that's actually not accurate for us. Like it is very good for us to just do what sounds good because that's what's correct. Um, so those are the three energy types and then, or the, yeah, so, the energy being. So manifestors, generators, and mm-hmm. manifesting generators are like mm-hmm. the energy generating types. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. So we're like the juicy life force. Like we create literally like when you're having a day where you're just on and everything you're doing, you're like, this is so fun. And then like you tell someone about that and you're like, oh my gosh, I recorded a podcast today and I wrote this. Like you, that creates more excitement and energy for them too, because they can feed off of that with you. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's just a really cool, it's energy in general is so interesting to me. And it's so, it's just everything that's around us. So this helps like put language to how we are the creators or receivers of that in so many ways. It was so freeing to find out that I was a manifesting generator because Mm -hmm. a huge part of human design, first of all, a huge part of me is that I was really tired of feeling like I was bad or wrong for not having like this very linear life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this sort of gave me permission to not feel bad about not having a linear life or not feeling guilty mm-hmm. or shame. And then the mm-hmm. other thing, and I think that this will apply for not just me, not just manifesting generators, but for a lot of people, essentially human design is a big fuck you to all the shoulds in life. Yes, like yes, you yes. should do this. You should do this. Mm-hmm. You should do this because it's societally uh, prescribed. Human design doesn't mm-hmm. give a fuck about society at all. It mm-hmm. cares about mm-hmm. you and what is tailored to you and how you should be interacting with the world as opposed to how you should be changing yourself to fit into a world that already exists. So like totally. shedding shoulds is a huge mm-hmm. part of all of my work, which is mm-hmm. probably why I vibe so well with human design. It's also why like Same. being a manifesting generator is like fucking on point. Anyway, there are two more. Why yes. don't we continue? <laughs> well, and to that point really quick though, too, what's so beautiful and then what Lacey will talk about as expanders is that when you are living into your design of being a manifesting generator, you show other people what's possible for them. So just to even relate it to get, you know, the getting married, staying single, whatever it is, like by living your life, how you want to, and what makes you happy. And by jumping around and loving that you're showing other people that that's possible for their life too. Like people then suddenly are like, wait, I don't have to get married by 25. Like I can live this fun full life. And so that's, yeah. I also Um, love showing, I love showing lawyers that they don't have to be lawyers anymore if they don't want to be. That's my favorite one. I'm like, guys, (laughs) you can leave, you can get out. You don't have to do this. And you can still live a really happy, prosperous, abundant life. Like we're Mm -hmm. all sold this dream of like, just become a lawyer and you'll have a bunch of money. No. Mm-hmm. At what cost? At what way. cost are you going <laughs> to yes. have a bunch of money? That's what they never tell you to ask yourself. Anyway, um, yes. moving on. 
Okay. So the other two types um, are so special too, because they're so needed. Um, some people can feel disappointed if they're like, wait, I'm a non-energy being, which there are energy projectors too. It doesn't mean that you're like a slow, <laughs> quiet, whatever person. It just means that your energy is less consistent in the way that you put it out. Um, but projectors are, they're non-energy being, and they are here to kind of like tweak and transmute and refine and make better what already exists. So they're typically the ones who love like systems or Google docs are really good at coming up with things that um, can help organize things for people or see things in a unique way that maybe others couldn't. And so generators and manifesting generators, we need projectors and then reflectors, which we'll get to, to check in and be like, how, how am I doing? Or how could I be doing this better? Um, especially in business. And it's even said that they like, we're living in a time and um, historically all the leaders that we've seen have typically been like manifestors or these like driving, like manifesting generators or people who are really um, have all this like energy. And the ideal would be that the new CEOs would be projectors, that they are the ones that people kind of come to and they're really good at managing resources and um, delegating things and saying like, this is a different way to do it. And it's almost a more of a feminine energy too, of like, how can we do this better? How can we nurture everyone where they're at rather than just driving everyone to work 40 plus hour, 50 plus hours a week when that's really not the most effective way for all of us to be using our energy. And so um, they also need to be invited into things a lot. So they're, they're meant to like do about two to three solid hours of work a day, like output, but to really spend time like nurturing the things that come really naturally to them. So like if someone's like, I'm so into interior design. And that's something I just really want to learn more about. It would behoove them to spend more time like diving into that or seeing how they can go about it in a new way to teach people how to approach it for themselves or whatever that may be. So yeah, so projectors are, are really special in that way. And then reflectors are the very, um, they're like 1% of the population. I met um, one one time and I was oh, like, really? oh my God, you special little pearl. Talk I know, right? <laughs> Pearl, it's so true. It's like, oh, you a little fairy, like tell me more about your life. Um, there are a lot of people, I mean, yeah, that are like in the spiritual world, I feel like, that are reflectors, that it, Sandra Bullock is a reflector, allegedly, which I think is so interesting. Um, it just means that you have com all your centers are completely open and true to the name, you're they are meant to be the reflectors back to society of how we're doing, like on a soul health level. Um they don't have to be these like shaman, like people in the woods or whatever, they can do whatever they want for their career, but they're just really good at reflecting back to us, like how we're doing. Um, so having a reflector in your life would be so helpful because um, they really mirror the energy that's around them. And like, they're, it's really easy to see if when things are off, if like it's reflected in who they are. So um, reflector children are really special. So anyway, so those are high level, the the five different types and we all need each other and, um, yeah, to work together and be this beautiful picture of, of a world in harmony. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Really quickly. I want to put a little bit of this to practical use. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about mine so that they can get mm -hmm. a sense of like what the hell we're talking about. I just want to hit mm -hmm. on, I have like the PDF pulled up and I need to remember mm -hmm. where to go back to because I have something else I want to talk to you about in this. Um, okay. So for practical purposes, um, I want to tell everybody what it means to be someone like me who is 
a manifesting generator with a sacral authority, mm-hmm. a strategy to respond, and maybe we can do a little bit of information on the 6-2 profile. We don't have to get super deep into that because I feel like that's a bit of the weeds. Um, and mm-hmm. the weeds are going to need, you might need to, to get somebody to give you a reading to really understand the weeds or at least mm-hmm. like get a full mm-hmm. uh, PDF of your human design. But mm-hmm. tell everybody, what is, what is a manifesting generator with a sacral authority whose strategy is to respond? Like, what am I? Yes. So as a manifesting generator, you are someone that creates more energy when you are following after the things that you love. So you have desires in you for a reason. You have preferences, all of that. When you are in alignment with doing those things and chasing after them, it's almost like the universe rewards you with like giving you this feeling of of satisfaction of saying, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, it physically gives you more energy throughout your day. It helps you sleep better because you get all your energy out in a, in a healthy way throughout your day. Um, so you can go to bed feeling pleasantly exhausted. Um, the sacral response is that's your authority. And that is very tied to just the, the tenant of being a manifesting generator in that you have the gut response. So you are supposed to follow after the things that like bubble up inside of you with excitement when you hear, hear about them or when you're doing them. And a lot of that is just trial and error too. So the responding component of it, that's the strategy for generators and manifesting generators, which just means that life is always presenting us with different response points or stimuli or things, information. Um, and it's just up to where's my doorbell is ringing. Please hold. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> So the strategy for generators and manifesting generators is to respond, which just means that we're always being presented with different response points and stimuli and chances to say, yes, I like this. No, I don't. Yes, I want more of this. No, I don't. Um, That can be anything from a friend asking you if you feel like going to dinner that night or if you see something on Instagram about human design and you feel yourself feeling really interested by that. Um, and so learning that that's your strategy is to just take, it's not the most passive role, but it's taking the weight off your shoulders that, that you have to come up with all these ideas or be really proactive in it, that you get to sit back and respond to the things around you and then try out what works for you and what feels fun and what doesn't, and then make decisions from there. So for you, it'd be like when you were going to be a lawyer and then realizing like, this is sucking my soul dry and I do not feel excited. I do not feel energized. That's a good decision point of saying, or good information to say that this is not for me. Whereas if you know that you love to write and when you're doing that, you are in this flow state, you feel aligned, you feel when you're creating things, like it's just this kind of juicy, bubbly, good feeling. And you're it, all that matters is that you are loving to do it. But I believe that also that's when you see responses from other people. Like that is how other people then connect to you or like can rec- recognize that energy in you as well. And so that's kind of, yeah, the high level of your type. And then again, with the manifesting generator, it's being okay with living a life that isn't linear and allowing yourself to only follow after things that you feel excited about because that's our body's way of physically telling us whether we have enough energy to complete that task or to engage with that relationship. Um, and so when you're following your authority and living into your design, um, all that stuff will just naturally flow anyways. And it means that whatever is feels best for you is best for those other people too. So if they're, if it feels heavy and constrictive to go to this party one night, 
that means you're not meant to go there. Like that's not going to be the best of you at that event. And it's not going to be, yeah, there's something better for you to do. Whereas when you feel excited about something, it's your body's way of saying, I'm going to give you as much energy as you need to complete this project or to go on this date or to talk to those people and it will be right for you. So that is. I think my design has a lot to do with like my whole uh, career path after I even stopped being a lawyer. Um, and I became a writer for a while and I was with Refinery29 and that was great. And I had endless amounts of energy to do that job. But when that job ended, I, I joined like the startup space and it was just this constant startup hustle. And I would find that this one similar pattern kept repeating itself. I would join a startup. It would start to feel really bad to me. And I mm-hmm. thought that the solution was just to find a new job. So I spent mm-hmm. about a decade job hunting. Because no matter where I was, as soon as I would get in there, it would feel so wrong and so bad. And I felt like I had to get out. But I thought Mm -hmm. that the only way that I could get out was another job because Mm -hmm. I was completely denying my design, which was to work for myself because I was too scared because there were all these shoulds in my head. Like you Mm -hmm. should not work for yourself because how are you going to have health insurance? How are you going to have a regular paycheck every two weeks? How are you going to... My head... Yeah. was guiding that decision, but I meant to lead with my gut. My gut was like, mm-hmm. fuck this shit. I'm out of here. I'm just going to write all the time. And mm-hmm. now that I'm actually doing that, I'm a lot happier. I'm fully capable of taking care of myself. Like it's, it's so much better. I also think that's why a decade of swiping through faces didn't work out for me. In general, mm-hmm. chasing <laughs> shit down is never going to work for me. And mm-hmm. human design is one of the reasons why I have confidence in saying that. I know it because I did it for a decade and that did not work out. Right. So like I have proof mm-hmm. that. You have just, the personal experience. <laughs> yeah, of course, like shit tons. But mm-hmm. it, it also just sort of let me off the hook. Like I'm not unlovable. I know I'm not unlovable, but just roll with me. Like I'm yeah. not unlovable. <laughs> There's nothing like inherently like undesirable about me. It's just mm-hmm. that this method of chasing down partnership through dating apps and through just like constant trying and struggling and like, like literally clawing my way through life to find someone that was never going to work. That's not who I am. I meant Mm -hmm. to respond. And if I look back on the relationships I have been in, I didn't have to do a goddamn thing. They came (laughs) to me and I responded and then I had wonderful Mm -hmm. relationships with people. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, you kind of have the proof you need. It's just that human design offers a bit of clarity into old patterns and into potentially new strategies for um, approaching things in the future. Um, So that's a bit of a Mm -hmm. practical assessment of, uh, Mm -hmm. of your girl. I would like also, if you would, can you tell me how you think human design can benefit single women specifically or single people specifically, anyone who identifies as female or any gender under the sun that is yours that you embody and you are a single person, how can human design Mm -hmm. benefit you? Well, the thing that I realized that I had actually been doing before I discovered human design was as I was going through my own deconstruction of societal pressures and all of that and realizing I wanted to enjoy my life fully as a single person was just recognizing how much, um, importance society or what family, whatever puts on certain roles. And so for women, I think a lot of times that can be being a wife, being a mother. Um, a lot of people, it's their job title, whatever that might be, like whatever we've wrapped up the, our identity in is these roles that we think will solve all of our problems or that we'll be the happiest in. And 
I, when I learned to just get rid of all of that and say that I am not just going to be, I think they're very beautiful and important things and it's okay to desire them. But at my core, I am a soul. I am a beautiful human that has a purpose and that I'm here to live that out. And every experience of my life gets to add to that and be a part of it. So will marriage be a part of making me more fully into my highest self and help refine me? Sure. I hope so. That should be part of my journey. If being a mother is part of my journey, I hope that too. Uh, I think it will, or I mean, I think it would do the same, but when I stopped and learned like, and decided that I just wanted to know like, what is it that I'm here for? Like, what is it that I'm here to, to become in myself and then to offer back to the world? And I turned my focus to that being the, like the main goal of my life. It's everything changed. Like that just made it feel so my life just so much more beautiful and meaningful and purposeful. And that kind of just became the goal is like, how do I become this version of myself that I can envision and what is this life that I want to live? And so human design to me, again, the thing about giving language to something that I already kind of knew inside me is that I think what it really helps people do is affirm that you are here for a purpose and you are here, you have all these unique gifts in you for a reason. Um, And so when you can dive into that and see it, like human design is supposed to affirm and, and, and induce more self-love too. Like when you see all this stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. Like when I do readings for other people, I just am in awe of like how magical humans are and how many gifts we all have and how we're so different from one another. And the time I've taken to like really revel in that for myself has not only strengthened my self-love and made me realize how amazing and worthy I am of amazing love someday in the form of partnership, but it's also just really cement the fact that um, I want to know what it is I'm here for. And that's become more of the main goal of my life of building that life around that and trusting that everything else will come into place as it's supposed to. Um, but that that doesn't have to be the main drive of my life of like finding a partner or doing this by a certain time. So that's, that's ultimately what I think helps show single women. <laughs> I think it helps us relax. Mm-hmm. I think it helps us relax and let go of urgency and fear and shame and like, who cares? There have been so many moments, especially very recently where I've just been asking myself and asking other single people to ask themselves, like what does society's opinion of single people have to do with you? What does it, how does it actually impact you? It doesn't it doesn't offer you anything. It certainly doesn't help you with anything. It just judges. So I don't think that we have to attach so many of these internal messages and internal drives to the way single is viewed in society. I'm working on improving it, but guys, it's a slow wheel to turn. So I think we have to do it internally first. And I have found so much comfort and calm confidence and letting go in things like human design that are like, listen, it's cool. Like you don't, you don't have to have this like urgency messaging inside of yourself to partner. And I've also asked like, like, what is it, what is it you're trying so hard for? Like aside from love and companionship, which are wonderful things and we all deserve to have them if that's what we want. I think there are other motivating factors that we don't get into enough things like shame and embarrassment for being single, especially being single past a certain age. 
um, things like divorce, things that society attaches shame to that really that societal shame doesn't, doesn't have a dog in our fight. That's the way I describe it. Like it really doesn't care about us. It just judges us. If it cared about us, it would fix this problem. It thinks we have but it doesn't. So I think that's bullshit. I call bullshit on society, society's opinion of singlehood. Um, and I found a lot of letting go in digging into my human design personally. Um, can you give me an example of a time in your life when you were not living your design versus now when you feel that you are? Yes, definitely. So I was in a career for about six years, um, doing marketing and PR for an agency that I loved working for. It was a really great company. Um, it was never my dream to do that. I always, I had gone to school for, um, to get my master's in marriage family therapy, which I didn't finish, but I've always had a heart for like helping other people, healing other people, relationships, stuff like that. Um, and so I think choosing that career and staying in it was a perfect example of, the narrative that I was living subconsciously as far or unconsciously, as far as like, well, you get a job, you do this, and then someday you're going to get married and then your life will kind of begin and you, you can get married and you can do all these things. And so I was just sort of waiting on that time period to happen. And as I got more and more into my thirties and it was, it was truly one of those things where I was like sitting at work and I just realized like, I don't, this isn't how I want to spend my life. Like this isn't not the best for me. Like I felt stuck. I felt my energy felt really frustrated, which is the not self for, um, manifesting generators is frustration of just kind of like, uh, I'm not using myself to the best of my ability. This company is not getting the best of me. Is this really what I want to do with my one precious life? And so I took a leap and I kind of just quit that job. Um, cause I knew it wasn't for me even without knowing what I wanted to do. And then I'd say it was a long journey. Like I didn't know human design stuff then. So I wasn't really I was trying to dream up what it looked like to have this life and of like the things I really wanted to do, but I was slowly clunking along and doing that. And then when I, a more specific example is um, in that time I was doing freelance work for different things to make, to pay the bills. And there was one specific job that was only about five to 10 hours of my week and it was decent pay. And so the shoulds were like, don't give this up. Like it's, it's good money. It's easy work, but I was so miserable with it. Like it just, every time I sat down to the computer to either have a call with them or like to do the work for it, I just felt like, Oh, like everything in my body was resisting it. And what, at that point I had been learning about human design, which is that when you clear out from your aura and from your life, those things that are causing all this resistance, you make space for all of the goodness to come in and things that you are supposed to be doing. So I said no to that. And then really so much good stuff came in like a a bridge job that I would call it that I had like listed out on my, that had so many qualities of the things that I wanted. Um, life just started feeling more like flowy and aligned. And so, yeah, now I'd say like, I'm to the point where I wake up every day, actually excited to get to work and to do things like create Instagrams for my, for go high def, which is the human design account. And that is something I would have cringed and died to do for, I don't want to do that for anybody else, but I love doing it for this. And so that's how I know like, I'm doing the things that I love and I can, it's reflected in my life. And I just feel so much happier, honestly, every day. <laughs> I feel much the same. I think that's the perfect example because there are so many moments, especially in the career space, when you just know you're unhappy, you feel you're unhappy and you don't want to be there, but it's like, we don't have permission 
to not mm-hmm. be doing that because we've been so raised and groomed to yeah. like push for success and growth and accolades and things that look outwardly amazing, regardless of how they feel internally. There mm-hmm. is like a family adage that we have that came from my great grandmother, Grandma Rose. She used to say, you don't like your job? Good. You're not supposed to. And I didn't oh, take man. that as a negative. Yeah. I took that as like, your job is your job and your your fun time, the time that you love is time with your family. That's how I understood mm-hmm. it. Um, but there was probably also just some grumpy ass, like, yeah, nobody likes their job. I was born like a hundred <laughs> years ago and this is the way shit has worked out for us. But I grew up with that message about work. Like work yeah. wasn't enjoyable. Work wasn't something that you loved, but I always wanted to love what I did because I was like, I'm going to spend quite a lot of time doing that. Shouldn't I love it? Shouldn't I have a job that I think is fun? And I didn't until two years ago. I was two years ago, years old when I figured out (laughs) you could love your job and still pay your rent more than pay your rent. Yeah. And that, I mean, even if you figured that out later in life and even if you figured that out at the end of your life, it's still better than people who've never made that discovery for themselves. And I think we're entering into more of a stage of like a a new paradigm of living where thanks to things like the internet and feminism and things like before, we didn't have a lot of options to us, not just women, even men. It was told that narrative of like, you get a job, you pay the bills, you don't complain about it. You, you retire, you die. Like, and we didn't have the freedom to follow after like our, our grandparents or even some parents still kind of laugh at us of like, I want to do what I love. or I want to chase after my dreams. And it sounds really cheesy, but I mean, we should absolutely like, we're here for this one life. Like we should be doing the things that we love and not in like a, I just want to travel the world and take pretty Instagram pictures things. I think if people got really clear with themselves and really checked in and said like, what is it that I'm here for? Like, number one, we, people would still get answers of being doctors and being lawyers. Like we need those in society. And there are people who want to do those jobs, but it's so important to ask yourself, what is it that I want to do? And to really silence that conditioning because it runs so deep. Like you said, like there's probably stuff we don't even realize we're living out. Like for me, one of them was that I think as I've done a lot of like Lacey's work and the subconscious stuff around money, a message I received as a child was to make sure I marry rich because I should have that take, like my husband will be the one to take care of that for me. Never. It's not that they didn't encourage me to work or to do things that I love, but I didn't really get a clear message of Sarah, you can do anything you want with this life. You can make as much money as you want. It was always kind of like your husband will take care of that someday. And so I internalized that. And I think it really shut me down from believing that I could be the one to actually step into that potential myself and now I'm learning how to do that. So, <laughs> but it's, it's hard work. We've got to really, you've got to stop and ask those questions first and then realize where you've been lied to, or you've been receiving conditioning that maybe was even well meant. Um, but knowing and trusting that you are supposed to love your life and to live it to the fullest. <laughs> I also want to point out that human design isn't about just um, like correcting things that were misaligned. It's not just about that because I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of people who are listening are already quite aligned with their human design, whether they know it or not. That's true. There are Mm -hmm. two moments in the PDF you sent me about my design that I wanted to call out. One of which Mm -hmm. no one has ever said to me before. No one who knows me it's come up in the workplace because things have necessitated it, but it's never come out through friends ever um, because it hasn't Mm -hmm. had to. 
No one has ever recognized that I am really good in an emergency. No one has ever noticed, no one has ever said anything because it's very rare that you're in an emergency. So it like right. never comes uh-huh. up. Yeah. But Hopefully. I used to, my first job out of college before I went to law school was I was in social work. I was a house parent at a group home for girls. And there were very mm. scary situations that would come up in that setting. And mm. in those mm-hmm. moments, I was always afraid of those moments happening because it's it's terrifying. There are children that are in your care and you want to make sure that everyone's okay. But when shit would hit the fan, I was good. Like I was solid. I knew what to do, how to do it, how to organize other people. I wasn't freaking out or panicking during a scary situation. And I got so much self-confidence from that, knowing that if shit hit a fan, I would be fine. There is a line in the PDF you sent me, you are good in an emergency. And I swear to you, I spit out my iced coffee. I was like, (laughs) holy shit, someone gets it. But it was just a component of my design. I thought that was so cool because no one's ever noticed. I'm like, yeah, I am really good in that situation. I am terrible with very uh, prolonged illness or loss or grief. I really shut down. I don't know how to handle um, loss very well, especially following a long illness. I'm not, that does not, I don't know what to do. I, I do not know what to do when someone passes. I do not know what to do when someone is ill and in the hospital for a long time. Like that just, I don't know what to do there. And I have to look to other people for that. Um, but in those moments of like heightened emergency and panic, call me. I'm your girl. I'm your girl. There's also one other section that I wanted to actually read to people because, and I want to do it on this episode because I'm recording this with you on the 13th of October. It is going to run on the 21st of October. And on the 21st of October, that is my personal goal to launch a new project that I have been working on. And if I record it here, I have to do it because it's going yes. out into the world. So <laughs> on speaking it into existence. Speaking it into existence and also like fucking mm-hmm. hustling to get it into existence. Yeah. But yeah. I am launching a new publication for women in their 30s, 40s, and beyond, mostly who don't have children, but also women who do have children who don't just want to identify as mothers, who want to identify as everything. I have seen as I've aged an absence of content for me. Because it seems like the world has a target market and that target market is 25. And I haven't been that for a long time. And I've steadily seen a decrease in content for me. And it's like, if you don't become a mom in your early thirties ish, nobody kind of gives a shit that you exist. You're still going to get like marketed to in ways that don't resonate as much anymore. And you're still going to read content that just the content that I read and that I consume on all the sites that I've always read just seems to get younger and younger and younger while I get older and older and older. And that's a disconnect for me. And I don't like that. The publication exists on Medium. It's called Add a Girl. And it is all about like creating the content you want to see in the world if you are a woman who doesn't feel spoken to by the content that currently exists. The reason I bring it up, I'm creating the publication on Medium because on Medium, freelance writers have agency over what they write and what they earn. So you retain that, you are the one in control of that, which is very much a part of my design. But I also don't think that Medium is very widely known. I also don't think people know you can make money on Medium for doing something that you love. So if I'm like generating this community of women writing together on Medium and hopefully in growing that publication, growing the audience for that publication, we are all contributing to each other, making more money. 
that's what I want. I want a new income stream for women and women, those who identify as female gender identities, all of us. I want us to be in control of what we write without having to get permission from a fucking editor. And I also want us to be in control of what we earn. And Medium allows that. There is a line in the PDF you sent me that reads, you are the type of person who needs to control or manage the organization so that everyone achieves a measure of financial success. And I read that after I started building Adderall. It's amazing. Like I just want a group of people doing something, creating something that they want to see in the world and earning money doing it on their own terms. And hopefully that's what Adderall is going to be. So to read that sentence and like connect that to you are doing something that's aligned with you. That's why you're so driven to do this, even though you're not getting paid to do it. Like Mm -hmm. that just felt really good to me because I'm not getting paid to do it. I'm not getting paid to be the editor of Adagirl. I earn money the same way every other writer does on my own writing. That's it. So it just felt like so validating to understand that this is just a part of who I am. That's why I'm so driven to do this. I don't need to like reason my way into like taking on a project I'm not getting paid for or like doing something that's pretty contrarian to what the internet is creating because it's all for <sighs> people who are like, I don't know, the decade younger stars. than me. And I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not ageist and I don't judge those who are younger than I am, but I, yeah. I do notice an absence of content for us. So it was so cool to see that my passion for this is sort of like just who I am. That was really, really yes. nice to see. Oh, I love that. Well, first of all, cheers from my cat lady coffee mug to you. And I'm so excited. That sounds amazing. And like you said, you had so much in your chart about like, not only do you have this drive to provide for yourself and to make your own money and you do really well working by yourself and not under the direction of other people. um, That's kind of in your profile too, but that, yeah, that you have this gift to give back to the collective in a way that like lifts them up with you too. And that is a theme in definitely some people's charts as far as like there there are some people that are meant to have good control of resources for other people or to inspire people to do that for themselves. And you have, yeah, you have like a very strong root center too, which is what kind of drives a lot of that. And, um, that's so awesome. I'm so excited that that will exist and, um, that you are the one to do it. So thank you. Another iteration of that part of my personality where, I don't just want to do something alone. I want to take everybody with me. Is this mm-hmm. podcast? This podcast. Like it's not enough that like I stopped mm-hmm. hating being single. It was never going to be enough for me. I couldn't shut up about it. I couldn't stop writing about it. I can't stop podcasting about it because it's like if I got out of the hellhole of hating being single, if I got out, other people can get out. Okay. And I want to help. Yes. You know That's what I mean? So true. That's, mm-hmm. And that's a big part of my design too. And I remember hearing when I learned about like my um, cross of incarnation, which is kind of just like your general arc of your life. Mine was about how I'm here to experience the status quo of life and then to reject it. And then to bring, like, as I'm raising my consciousness and growing in myself, that I have a desire to bring other people along with that and to rise that like we all rise together. And when I heard that, I was like, holy shit. Yes. Like I was meant to go through living, like what it looked like to go to school, get a job, like wait till I get married, desire those 
things. And then just like, I picture like halting the brakes and being like, hold up. This is not what I, (laughs) this is not what I wanted. And this is not right for me. What is it that I actually want to do? And then just getting to like explode my life with color and beauty and joy. And then to realize like, this isn't just for me. This is for everyone. Like we all get to do this. And so as I'm living into that myself, like I have such a heart and desire to share that with other people and help other people have that permission too. Well, to that end, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you to work with you. I know you have also very generously offered this audience a discount in working with you. Thank you so much for that. Tell everyone what is involved in a standard human design reading. And obviously I'll put your contact information and everything in the show notes, but just tell everybody like, what does that look like working with you? Yeah, definitely. So, um, the company that my friend and I created and where most of this information all lives is over on Instagram, it's go high def. And so I, and then I have a blog on highdefhumans.com, which you'll include the links to. So I definitely try to include as much free content as possible. Again, if you know, just your type and your authority, there's so much that you can still just gain from, um, diving into that type of content. But then if you do want to dive deeper, um, really just the two main products around human design that I have are the design guide, which is the, it's like a 20 plus page PDF, um, which I sent to you. And that just details all of your chart. Um, I mean, you could go for days, honestly, into human you can. design. I gets, speak from experience. It, yeah. You can spend a lot of time <laughs> with this PDF and it's very, very intriguing. Yeah. It gets very complex. And so what I think that this is beneficial for is just to have something tangible that you can return to and that and reference. And, um, it's really practical. Like I try to include stuff of like here, knowing your type here, are ways that you can start deconditioning or some journal practices or how you should best sleep, like approach self-care. Um, and then all your, yeah, it explains each of the sections more fully. Um, so that's a little more accessible. Um, and then if you want to dive deeper, so the readings, not only do I create this guide for you and send it to you after our call, um, but we go everything over everything together. And those can be just a little bit more personalized or tailored. Obviously, I can answer questions in real time. Um, and I think that that can be helpful for people who maybe have specific questions around like, how would I apply this my design to my dating life or to a career or to this part that I'm struggling with? Um, so that, yeah, those are the, the, the two main things. And, um, I'm also launching a guide next week, which is super low entry point, but it's kind of to the point that we were talking about. If, if you haven't even dreamed up this life that you want for yourself, or you don't know where to start, um, it's just a really, it's, it's deep and it goes deep, but it's really simple, um, journal prompts and all these things of like, here's where you start with, of like having these core beliefs of what you're even worthy of in this life. And then how do you build this dream life for yourself? Um, so yeah, so the code that I offered, um, is 10% off of either the guide or the reading and it's just using the word single, um, but you can include all that in the show notes. (laughs) And I sure will. And we will leave them with me asking you one question that has really been, on my mind this year, and I'm sure it will continue to be so, because uh, I have zero clarity around it. And that's rare. It's very rare that I have a question in my life that needs like yes. some clarity. Uh, this is foggy as shit. Yes. And so I could use some help. <laughs> Knowing okay. what you know about my human design, how do I best approach making a decision about where to move? Because I know mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be in this apartment when my lease is up in June. I know that for sure. I just don't know where I'm going. And 
I, at the moment, I don't necessarily feel like I belong anywhere. And you can view that through a positive lens or a negative lens. And believe me, I do both. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. what is the best way for me to approach a decision of that significance? It's a great question. So um, I'm pretty sure looking at your chart that you're a specific manifester. Are you someone who likes details? Like, you know, when you're looking for something, you like details? Or are you more of like, I, I know how I want to feel when I'm in this house or, or whatnot? like more big picture both, stuff. Unfortunately, okay. both. And also I think for okay. some reason that I'm a non-specific manifester, unless okay. I'm wrong. So then, yeah. so I'll have to double check, but yeah, I, I mean, it can, you can do both honestly. Um, but I'd say just starting with like have, making sure that you're clear on what it is you're looking for. Like that's okay to like, to be proactive about saying like, I know what I want in a house and where I want to live, like writing the qualities of that, whether it's specific things like, you want a view of this exact place or knowing that like, I want it in this general neighborhood and I want to feel cozy and have lots of natural light, whatever. And then as far as, since you're responding into the sacral stuff, I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't go online and look at things. It would just be that when you are just being paying attention to like, do you feel drawn to this or not? Or like, um, telling people, that you're looking for a place. And then when someone sends you a link and you look at it, like you'll know instantly whether it feels like a yes or a no to you. Um, so it's just like learning to listen to that excitement, like feeling if your body expands and is excited when you see something or it constricts and you're more like, eh, like you just don't feel very pulled or drawn to that. So I'd say you can still very much like proactively search for things and look for stuff, but just pay attention to how you feel with each, like maybe give yourself a second to like, just stop and be like, what, what feelings does this evoke in me? And you'll be able to tell if you feel like drawn to it. And if so that's your sign to like, keep investigating that or to reach out or to, to see what is available there. It's a tough one, man. It's really tough tough. because I like, I'm strongly considering leaving Brooklyn. And when Mm. you can't travel, it's hard to like experience new places and like evaluate Mm, stuff. mm -hmm. I'm just kind of going off of what I already know or like Mm -hmm. what I can look at on Instagram, which is just a wild rabbit hole and everyone's Mm -hmm. making everything look as best as it possibly can. I need to see the Mm -hmm. full picture before I go anywhere. You're trying to figure out even where to move, like not just like a place. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So I, okay. So in that case, this, it's almost just kind of like looking for signs, like, I would just pay attention to like, as you're watching documentaries, as you're looking at things on online, as you're hearing about stuff, if something jumps out to you or you keep getting confirmed, like, I don't know why the word Austin keeps coming to mind. I know you're from Texas, but like, for, like, let's just say you're like, wow, this keeps being like this theme or I just feel really drawn to this place. Just pay attention to that. And I really believe that like the, those signs will come across your path as far as like pointing you in that direction. And it's just your job to just say whether or not you feel excited by that or not. So. And sometimes it's okay to wait, right? Like it's just absolutely to allow Mm -hmm. things to come as a totally okay thing. Like I don't have to know anything right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where I've been. I mean, that is honestly the biggest thing I'm like manifesting in my life and have been for a couple of years. And it's been such a a test of patience. Um, as far as like, I know I want my own place and to move, but I've been, I've had to really release that the, (laughs) the process of like trying to really go out and make that happen for myself and just trust that like it, there is the perfect place for me. The fact that I have the desire in me to begin with just is proof that 
it's for me and my timeline might not be exactly what (laughs) the universe has planned for me, but at the same time, like that's okay. And that just means that something, the most amazing thing is on its way to me. And I just have to wait because I will know when that happens, like when it comes across my path, I will, it will be an easy, easy yes for me. So I believe that for you too. Thank you very much. I appreciate the confidence. I Sometimes I could really use it. I'll tell you that. Um, thank you for sharing information about human design, which is probably going to sound really, really new to a lot of people listening to this podcast. I'm intrigued by it. I am comforted by it. I am inspired by it. And I hope that we have done the same for everyone who is listening. There's obviously a ton of information for you guys in the show notes, plenty of links to follow. Um, look up your human design. Just, just take a peek. Yeah. And if you need some help, Call Sarah. She's around. I think that's the way <laughs> well, to Well, thank go. you so much. for Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I could talk about this stuff all day. And ultimately I just want people, I don't, I think if it resonates with you, great. If not, it's not for you. There's so many different tools out there. Human design is just one of those tools. And at its core, we just want you to live your best life and to be, have permission to be most fully you. So if human design helps you do that, then wonderful. From two manifesting generators out to all of you, everyone have a wonderful week and thank you so much for listening.